It's unnecessary roughness. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs near corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders! An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner for the Raiders lead with 10 seconds to go before halftime. All I can say, Jason, is wow. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy on the call right there. A Stidham to Adams touchdown pass. Saw Lincoln today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I was chopping it up with him for a little while, and we're looking forward to the regular season. He's going to be involved in this show a couple times a week like he was last year, probably Tuesday and Thursday. We'll recap the game that just happened, and then we'll look forward to the next week game. So uh, kind of think about that when the regular season comes up. You remember Lincoln Kennedy joined us multiple times a week last season. So we'll do that again. Looking forward to everything that's going on. I ran into Amber Theo Harris today. Good friend of the show. Obviously she'll be part of the show. Jason Horowitz is always part of the show. So this is when you know it's almost go time is when you start to see the, the, you know, the players, right? The players start to come together. All right. Lincoln here, Amber here, Jason here, EA here, JT here, right? I mean, it's just one thing after the other, one person after the other, and you start to see it all coming together. So really looking forward to what's going, uh, going on and what's on the horizon for not only Unnecessary Roughness, but also Raider Nation Radio 920. You're going to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels in a little bit. You'll hear from Jimmy G. We already heard from Max Crosby throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear from Coach McDaniels and also Jimmy G. But first I want to go to the text line because we've got a ton of texts, and I want to make sure you get your feedback in on the show. And if you want to give us a call, like – Raider Mac did and Raider 66 did and just when Wendy did, you can as well, 702-365-9200. We have no more guests the rest of the show. So we're wide open like small school TV antenna, so you can hit us up at any point. This one's from uh, Mark in Jersey. He says, my excitement level is about a 9 right now. Looking forward to Sunday's game. It'll be at a 10 when J.J. is signed. That's Mark in Jersey. And, yeah, that's – that's a that's a that's the thing right there, man. That that last part of that text, it'll be at a ten when JJ is signed. I cannot wait till I come on the show that day and say Josh Jacobs is back with the team. He signed his contract. He's ready to go. Like I anticipate that, right? I'm trying to think how that show is gonna go, and I don't even know when it's gonna be. But already in my mind, I'm looking forward to. Okay, that's gonna be a really good day because everything I'm seeing from this team right now, you add that guy, who is at a different level. Is that dog that Max Crosby talks about? Is that dog that Devontae Adams talks about? Is that dog that we, all, we saw lead the league in rushing last year? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a nice addition to the team. So I look forward to when Josh Jacobs is re-signed. I'll be excited to see that number eight jersey out there as opposed to 28, but just happy to see Josh Jacobs when he gets back in the mix. Mark, thanks so much for that text. I appreciate you. Mailman Raider said, Q, I feel like I'm at the same excitement level I was when we grabbed Jason Campbell. We were looking really good with him, but then he got hurt, and we know where we went. Uh, I look at that at Jimmy the same way. I think it'll look good, but if he goes down, I don't think it'll look good. I'm more excited on what the young guys provide and hope we get the building blocks of the future. That's Mailman Raider. Man, <laughs> man, brother, <laughs> you bring up Jason Campbell, and, man, they were, they were cooking with Jason Campbell. And I didn't – it was so funny. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect from Jason Campbell when the Raiders signed him. I kept thinking – well, I know he's good, but I just don't know what to expect. I don't know how good. And then all of a sudden, that gang of guys that might not have been the most talented, but they got the most out of them, all of a sudden they were cooking. And when he went down, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Right? <laughs> it was all bad. So, yeah, and, and we all know what happened after that. Campbell goes down. 
They make the trade for Carson Palmer. Yeah, Carson Palmer gave a first-round pick for a guy that was sitting on the, on the couch at home, not doing anything, nothing. He's eating bonbons, chilling, watching soap operas. Gave a first-round pick for him. We know how that shook out. Kyle Bowler played a little bit. Yeah, don't get me started on that. Yeah, that was, that was one of those. That, to me, is one of those seasons of what, 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 what if. What if Jason Campbell had never got hurt? Right? I'm not saying they would have won the Super Bowl, but I just want to know how good that team could have been if Jason Campbell had never gone down. I do think that that was a really good team. And I, I'm like you, Mailman Raider. I'm looking forward to seeing the young guys develop and see how they come along as well. Uh, it wouldn't be a day if we didn't have a, ch- a check-in from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q and Ari. What is up, gentlemen? It's great to be home after a nice getaway. What a fantastic topic for today's show. And I'll start off by saying this. I'm super amped up for the 2023 season. Are there question marks with Jacobs not in camp, a suspect defense, Jimmy G's health, to name a few? Absolutely. However, it's a brand new season with new toys on both the offense and defense side of the ball. Let's see this season play out. In sports, as we know, anything is possible. For those that aren't excited for a brand new season of Raider football, I honestly don't know what to say. It's Raider football. Let's go. On another note, my liver doesn't hate me after my Reno trip. Taking a quick break. Wait for it. Bachelor party in Tahoe next weekend. Thanks as always, Q. Loving today's show. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. Again, my man has a party every single weekend. Every single weekend. He's got a bachelor party. He's got a birthday party. And the list goes on and on and on. I've, I can't even write that list anymore. He's got so many parties. Isn't there a store called, like, Parties for You or something like that? Or there's some party store where there's party favors all the time. Like, when you walk in, it's a big party. That's where Sir Whiskey Ray, he must work there. Because every single day, he lives his life as a party. And I'm okay with that. But going back to the text about the 2023 season in football, you're right, man. There's a lot of new parts. There's a lot of unknown. I've said that that's why I'm, I'm not too sure what to expect because of so much unknown. But I sure am looking forward to seeing it, <laughs> right? I sure am looking forward to seeing it. I know that I, I sure did get more excited when I woke up on Sunday and knew that I had to be at Allegiant to do a pre-pre-show, right? I, when, I, when I knew that, hey, there was going to be a, a football game kicked off at 1 o'clock at Allegiant Stadium. I sure did get excited for that regardless. I mean, that's, that's just that's why we do this, right? That's why, that's why we talk about the Raiders on the, on the radio station. That's why we do everything that we do because it's just fun, man. And football's fun and exciting and sports are fun and exciting. And I, I just, like I said, if I ever lose that excitement, then I'm really in some big trouble. Uh, Snake Man said, hell yeah, our boy Nasty Nesta. We see you, dog. Oh, the possibilities. Good to see the usual suspects crushing it, but now Raiders have some young dudes who want to make some coin like Max did. Snake Man. Yes. 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 It is so good to see some guys that aren't the usual suspects that are out there getting some burn. I think that that is so important. And not only getting burned, but they're making plays and making a name for themselves. And, again, I didn't know what Nesta Jade Silvera was going to be. I sure didn't. Again, the, the early research I, I did on him and, and the feedback I got is good player. He's going to make some untimely mistakes, and you're going to get frustrated with them. And he's got some knucklehead tendencies. And I said, okay, that's fine. We'll see how it shakes out. Well, right now, he, he, he made some, some plays today in drills where you look up, you're like, Man, wait, hold on, let me look at the roster again. Who was that? Oh, that's that Nesta Jade Silvera fella. Yeah, okay. I can see, you know, and I'm not saying he's going to be some guy that's going to be a starter, but you can see that he's got, he's got some little dog in him. And if he's got that dog in him, and they can, you know, continue to develop him. You never know what he could turn into. Like Snake Man said, Max didn't come in as a first-round pick. Nick Bosa did. Nick Bosa came in with the expectations sky high. Max Crosby's expectations, get in the weight room and gain some weight. That's what was told to him. 
We all saw Hard Knocks. We all, we all heard the, the draft call. Hey, your first job is to get with Deuce Gruden and, and get, on the, get on a weight program and, and build, up your, you know, build up your body. That was the expectation from Max Crosby. No one thought he was going to go out there and get 10 sacks. Max put himself on the map when he had Hard Knocks and he sang some T-Pain. When he did that, I was like, oh, man, he hung out with bros growing up. I told him that. I did an interview with him. I promise you, when I was still in Texas, I did an interview with him before he was Mad Max Crosby. He was, you know, everyone really knew who he was. After that hard knocks, and he sang T-Pain, I was like, I got to get him on the show. So I reached out, got him on the show, and I told him that straight up. Like, man, as soon as you sang T-Pain, I knew you hung up with some bros hanging, you know, growing up. And that's okay. That's okay. Max is fun. He's a lot of fun. Eddie from L.A., you're up next, man. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's uh, what? What a great topic, man! And you brought up Jason Campbell and the what ifs. I mean, what ifs across the board, right? Jason Campbell, Derek Carr. The list goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Excited to see the boys. Every year is exciting. Football. I'm a football junkie. I may be a Raider. I mean, a, a Raider diehard fan, but I'm a football junkie. I'm excited to see our boys play anytime they got to play, especially when they're going to play the Niners. Right? We always want to see them win. Um, not I'm optimistic on, as far as the record goes for, for the obvious reasons the last couple of years, but I am excited to see, to see where this defense can be. I think that's the most uh, um, the most exciting part of it. The talent that's been amassed this year versus the last few years, there's been a considerable amount of talent there. I hope they can put it together. I'm not too high so simply because last year we, we we jumped on board. We ended up getting high, and things ended up how they were. So I want to wait and see how they are. I'm excited to watch them play. But I want to see if they can just start getting winning the turnover battle. Because in 2006, when you brought up Derek Carr and obviously him getting hurt, one of the reasons why that team was so good that year was they were winning the turnover battle week in and week out. They were one of the top-rated teams, if I'm mistaken, on INTs that year. So that's what we need from this team. We just need that uh, the, the defense to give us more opportunities, especially in the red zone. I am excited to see Jimmy G. Number one, I'm excited for him to, to see what he can do in the red zone, see if our red zone uh, efficiency turns up. One thing, yeah, a knock on D.C., even though, uh, as much as I loved him, was the fact that he couldn't get the ball in the end zone when he was there. So I want to see the difference between G- Jimmy G and Derek Carr. But more than anything else, I'm worried that he could stay healthy all year. Uh, but you could say that by all players. So I am, I'm excited. I'm ready to roll, man. The season can't get here soon enough. Raider Nation, stay up, baby. Raider Eddie right there. I love the energy. I can hear the excitement in his voice. That's awesome. It really is, man. Why not be excited? Why not have some fun? Right? Sports are fun. Football's fun. Winning is great. Fantastic. Right? Love to see some winning football. But, man, I'll tell you, it's, this is a fun time of year. It's exciting. I talk about, oh, we got to get up early. We got to get to the facility. You know what, man? I'd have it no other way. <laughs> I'd have it no other way, man. This is all exciting. Right? And then to be able to come back jump on the radio for a few hours and share the experiences that I was able to experience with you and, and, and give you as much accurate information as possible, I, I, like I said, I would have it no other way. This is exciting. Love the energy from Eddie in L.A. Thanks so much for that call. Got a text from Q. Uh, got a text from Q. I am Q. Got a text from Sal from Selma, California. That's that 559. Says, Q, is Sal. Optimistic about this season as always, but – I'm keeping very quiet about it. I can see a top 16 to 18 defense, top 6 to 9 offense, especially with the O-line playing longer together. Love to see Hobbs back in the slot. He'll be a better playmaker, hopefully similar to Woodson at Green Bay. That's Sal in Selma. Used to drive through Selma each and every day on my way to the radio station. Shout out to Selma. Shout out to Sal on the 559 holding it down. And That's okay, too. That's good to be excited, but keeping it on the low. I ain't going to let nobody see me excited. (laughs) Right? 
<laughs> I'll be excited in the car when I'm by myself. <laughs> but that's cool. Ain't nothing wrong with that, right? But I just to know that it's right around the corner. There's, there's got to be a sense of excitement there, right? Even if, even if you're excited and you're like, I don't want to be excited, there's still got to be some kind of sense of excitement. Hell, I get excited when, I mean, like, there's a preseason game on tonight. I'm just excited to see the football ac- activities. I know that it ain't going to be worth the salt, but I'm still excited to see it, right? The Hall of Fame game last week. I was excited to see that just because I knew if that's going on, then that means football's right around the corner. It's, it's steps to this. It's a process. Uh, Nodak Raider hit us up. I expect the defense to surprise people. They rank in the high teens in scoring defense. Offense to crack the top ten. The AFC is tough. We may only win seven to eight games. If Jimmy G is out, it's the Caleb Williams sweepstake. That's Nodak Raider. And, I mean, I guess, I guess that's the worst-case scenario. If all of a sudden he's out for a long period of time and they can't win any games, then all of a sudden they're, they're picking at the top of the draft. But I don't even want to think nothing about that. I really don't. I'm, I want to go with the assumption that he's going to play the majority of the season, if not the whole season. And worst case scenario, maybe Hoyer has to play for a game or two. Honestly, I hope that we never see Aiden O'Connell this year, not because I don't want to see Aiden O'Connell. I just hope that we never see him. Because if we see him, that means that something went wrong for a long period of time. <laughs> right? As far as I'm concerned, I think Hoyer is a short-term guy to, to go out there and get a start, and I think Aiden O'Connell is a long-term guy to go out and get a start. So if Aiden O'Connell's out there, that means things went terribly wrong. So hopefully we don't have to worry about that. Hopefully Jimmy's able to stay healthy and he's able to do what it do, and uh, we have fun watching the games. Jim from Yonkers said, it is very calm right now, but offense would feel better if Jacobs was in the building. I've been down this road before. Thanks for a great show. Jim from Yonkers, thanks for the text. And, yeah, like I said earlier, man, it'll be a good day to have a good day when Josh Jacobs gets in the building. It really will be. Can't wait to see him. Can't wait to talk to him. Uh, can't wait to see that number eight on his back and him toting that rock. And, and he will. I don't know when. Obviously, I wish I had that answer. I'm sure everyone else does too. I don't have that answer, but I'm assuming that he's going to be there sooner rather than later. Uh, got a text for the 503. I'm with you on being excited that football's finally back. The one thing I have to say is it wasn't too long ago when nobody expected anything from the Bengals. They were 4-11 in 2020, and look where they're at now. Anything is possible with this Raiders team. That's from the 503, and it's funny you bring up the Bengals. Really funny that you bring up the Bengals because I do the Locked On NFL show every Friday with Chris Carter. So we talk all things NFL, right? It's, uh, he covers the Steelers. I cover the Raiders, obviously. But we talk all things NFL, and so we go through the games – Real quickly, it's like, all right, uh, Bengals playing whoever. And I'd always – like the first few weeks of that season, I kept picking against the Bengals. And Bengal fans would get so mad. They would get so mad. And, they, you know, when it was posted on YouTube, they put all these comments, Q's a hater, Q's a damn Raider, da, da, da. I mean, just everything. And then Chris is a Steeler guy. He covers the Steelers, so you know that's that division. All you guys are both haters, this, that, and the other. And I kept saying, like, no, I just – I don't – I don't believe in them yet. They haven't, they haven't shown me anything. Then they went on a nice little winning streak, and they're like, oh, CQ, they're going to be one of the best teams in football. And I was like, man, I don't know. And I don't know what game it was, but I, I remember saying, if they win this game, it might have been against Baltimore. If they win this game, then I'll be on board and, and start believing in them. And then they won. And so I was like, well, hell, all right. So then I started picking them every week just to pick them, just for S's and giggles, just because why not? I mean, what do I care, right? So I was like, yeah, the Bengals are going to win this one. The Bengals. And then all of a sudden they went on this great streak and they, you know, end up in the damn Super Bowl. <laughs> and Chris went against them like every week. So that he looked like the ultimate hater. And I looked like the good guy, even though I was just picking them just for the hell of it. I mean, I really didn't believe in them. But to your point, nobody thought the Bengals were going to be that team, right? Nobody. Now, having Joey, Joe, Joe Burrow helps a lot. But remember, Joe Burrow was coming back from a, a torn ACL. So you never knew how he was going to be. And they still, even to this day, 
haven't really taken care of the offensive line like they should. Right? I mean, they, they, they've tried to put some pieces in place, but in my opinion, they still haven't addressed it the way they should. They went out there and got a big-time playmaker at the wide receiver position he was very familiar with in Jamar Chase. They put things together. They put players in the right position. And that organization, ran by that ownership, which is about as cheap as it gets, all of a sudden now we're talking about the Bengals. We're like, yeah, that's the second-best team in the AFC Conference. Not their division, the conference. How wild is that? And that didn't take that long, to your point. To your point, it did not take that long. Vegas Pete said, I'm super excited. I think Ziggler, who I like a lot, has put together a good roster. I see a lot of parallels to 1980 coach and second-year quarterback who's a cast-off. Let's go. That's from Vegas Pete. And I, I have a lot of confidence in Dave Ziggler. I've said this before on the show. Maybe it's because of him, the way that he, he handles himself. He carries himself like he's very calm, cool, collective, understands the situation. Is not, he's not me. He's not going to get too excited about one thing, get super fired up, or get super low. Like He's very even keel. And when you hear him talk, you just, uh, you just feel like, okay, he gets it. He understands what's going on. Now, obviously, he's got to prove it. Coach McDaniels has got to prove it. They've got to prove that the players that they brought in they are the ones that are, are the right fit, and they are the ones that are going to take the Raiders to the next level. But there's something about Dave Ziegler that I really just trust and believe in. You know, he, he's one of those guys, if I went to buy a Cadillac from him at Family Cadillac, and he was like, yeah, Q, this is the best Cadillac, I promise you, I'd be like, you know what? This is the best Cadillac. I could trust that guy, right? No disrespect to anybody who sells cars, but we all know, you know, we all know what we mean when we talk about, you know, used car salesmen. But it's just something about Dave Ziegler that – his, like I said, it might be just his calm. It may be the way he explains things. I don't know what it is, but he just seems to get it. And hopefully I'm right. Hopefully that's, you know, my, I always say that it, that's my gut feeling. Maybe it's gas. I'm hoping it's not gas. I'm hoping that my gut feeling is correct. But, yeah, there's something about Dave Ziegler, to your point, Vegas Pete, that really just seems like he gets it. Uh, I got a text from Keegan in Vancouver, Washington. Man, we got a ton of texts. I do appreciate it. He says, I'm with you on being excited. Football's finally back. Uh, oh, no, that's not – oh, yeah, that is one. Oh, yeah, sorry, I already got that one in. Sorry, Keegan, that was the, that was the Bengals one. <laughs> that's how many we got in. There's a lot. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, 5280 Raider hit us up. This is the first time in 20 years that I'm not excited. Years of disappointment has me needing to see success consistently before I can get excited about anything other than watching. I love watching, and I never miss a game. But first time in 20 years that he's not excited. Okay. That's fair. Right? And, and – so put it on the Raiders. Put it on their on them. Hey, man, give me something to get excited about. Don't let Q talk about it. Don't let Vinny talk about it. Don't let JT talk about it. Don't let Clay and Lindsey talk about it. Go on out there and do it. Go out there and do it and give me something to get excited about. That's fine. You know, I, I used to tell my mom all the time, you know, act like I'm from, uh, act like it's a show me state. Show me, man. Right? <laughs> show me, man. <laughs> right? And I, I realize that that's, uh, you know, Missouri. But, hey. I always used to tell her that all the time. Act like we're in the show me state. Show me. So that's 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 what uh that's what our guy fifty two eighty Raider is saying. Show me. Uh, let's see seven oh seven. So I would say my excitement level is five. Not unexcited. I'm always excited about the start of the season, and the D looks promising. My wife has the game day menu ready, <laughs> but I'm also not overexcited for results until I see what happens on the field. Kind of like being in repeated dysfunctional relationships. A learned hesitation to be too excited about the current one until we are. 
Every team has practices that fans have something to feel confident about, but only the regular season will tell, but looks good so far. And that kind of goes back to the, you know, show me. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get excited, but I'm not going to get over the moon. And I'll, I'll tell you this, that's where I made the mistake last year. And I have no problem admitting that. I got super excited about the possibilities of what this team could do last year. And obviously, we all know how it shook out. It was, a, it was a disappointment. You know, the end result was a disappointment, only having six wins. But I just felt like, man, this team's going to win at least 11 games next year or last year, right? I just, I just knew that that was going to be the case. You know, Kansas City was taking a step back. No Tyreek Hill. Chargers have Brandon Staley, so you know they're going to mess it up. Denver has Nathaniel Hackett. He can't even spell head coach, right? I mean, like, there was a lot of reasons to get excited for this team last year. Remember getting fired up when Chandler Jones was signed in free agency? And none of it came together the way we all expected it to. So just to be cautiously optimistic is okay. It really is. We're, we're, we're good with that. So thank you so much for that text. As I mentioned, so many texts. Definitely probably not going to get all of them in, but I'm trying to. Hardcore Raiders said, I'll be excited when Jacobs is there. Let's not forget the Raiders had the third most cap space going into free agency, and they still failed to sign JJ and waited until the last minute to give Jacobs a contract. The staff better fix the situation they created with Jacobs. It's not – let me see how I can word this so I can make it correctly and don't sound – I'm not, not ever going to sound disrespectful. They didn't fail to sign Josh Jacobs. They gave him the franchise tag. It was the money was there. The money's still there. Nothing has changed. What they decided they weren't going to do was give him a lucrative deal, a long-term deal with the kind of money that he was looking for. It takes two to tango, right? So they have a certain amount of money that they believe he is worth as a running back in the National Football League, and that's what they've said it to. They didn't fail to sign him. The two sides failed to come to an agreement. There's a difference. Look, there's a lot of things I'd love to do, but sometimes it takes two to tango, <laughs> right? And that's the thing. Josh has his expectations or his representation has his expectation at a certain level, and the organizations has theirs. At some point, maybe they'll meet in the middle. They didn't meet in the middle by the deadline. That's fine. It had nothing to do with having a third amount of cap space. Let me ask you this dumb question. What team out there did sign a running back to a long, lucrative deal? I'll wait. I'm still waiting. Saquon Barkley didn't get it. Hell, Jonathan Taylor's not even in camp. You know why? He's not getting one. The last guy that got a fat deal was Christian McCaffrey. They had, look what Joe Mixon just had to do with Cincinnati. He had to restructure just to stay in Cincinnati or they're going to cut him. Right? He, they, they, what they, what's his money he's making now? $8 million? So, again, I, and, you, and, and Hardcore, I appreciate you and respect you, but you've called in and you've texted with that same point a thousand times that they failed, they failed, they failed. They didn't. The only thing that failed was the two sides failed to come to agreement. The organization didn't fail to sign him because they went out and spent money elsewhere. No, that's, that's not what it was. And the money that they have for the franchise tag, the $10 million, is still there. It's still there. It has to be there. It's guaranteed. The minute he signs, he gets it. That, that's guaranteed money. So as soon as he signs it, it's like money in the bank. So they didn't fail to sign him. The two sides failed to come to an agreement by the deadline to have a multi-year deal. And that's it. At some point, hopefully they can readdress that conversation. But until next offseason, it's going to be the one-year deal with maybe some sugar on top if they so choose to. If not, it's going to be $10.1 million, which I'm sorry to say is not bad money. It's not what J.J. wants, and I respect whatever he wants is fine. I want a hell, hell of a lot more money than I make. 
Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't, right? You know, we can all want everything. Sometimes you're not going to get everything you want. 424 is the time. We'll come back. Got some sound that we'll get to. Plus, reason or excuse. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Hell no. I'm Kobe. <laughs> I'm Kobe. He might be like, uh, I don't know, like Brandon Ingram or something. But I'm, no offense, but there's levels. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's Max Crosby right there talking about Bilal Nichols saying he was uh, the trash can, trash thrower, whatever, shooting baskets into the trash can. He was the king in the defensive line room. And you heard Max Crosby say, hell no. Max said, that's him. He's Kobe. And uh, Bilal's more like uh, Brandon Ingram, (laughs) which I think is pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that's pretty funny. But that was Max Crosby from earlier today. We're going to get to some Coach McDaniel's uh, sound. First, I got to go back to the don'tbebroke.com text line real quick, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, hardcore Raider ended the last segment talking about Josh Jacobs and the epic failure that the organization has done. So he followed up. Let me ask you a question, Q. When was the last time the Raiders had a running back as good as Jacobs? I'll wait. Still waiting. Yeah, Marcus Allen. He ended up playing for the Chiefs. So hope you like seeing Jacobs in a rival's jersey next year. Yeah, bro. That's called an epic failure. All right, bro. First of all, Thank you for the text and the follow-up. I appreciate you. I love the passion. I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs. I was one of the biggest guys that was hoping they were going to draft him when they drafted him. As I told him that when I met him in Nashville before the Raiders ever drafted him. He's the only current Raider I have a jersey in my my, uh, locker, in in my closet right now. Might as well be a locker room. It's my damn closet. So I'm there. I understand how great of a player Josh Jacobs is. I also understand what's going on across the league. It is not a Raiders thing. Saquon Barkley doesn't play for the Raiders. He plays for the Giants. And guess what he had to do? He sat out and held out and was going to sit out all season and do this, that, and the other for the good of the running back position until he wasn't. He was the first swing indeed into training camp after getting $900,000 put on the franchise tag. It had been a long time since the Giants had a really great running back too, right? So it's not my fault, and it's not the organization's fault that the league looks at the running backs the way they do. It's not right. We've spent weeks on top of weeks on top of weeks talking about it. But it's not a Raiders thing. It's a, it's a league-wide thing. That's what you're not, you're not understanding. The Raiders did not decide that, oh, the running back position is not very valuable. We're going to poo-poo on Josh Jacobs. The league decided that, and they've been doing it since guys like Todd Gurley got – fat contracts and got hurt. Christian McCaffrey, fat contracts and got hurt. Guys like that. Everyone that's getting paid, Le'Veon Bell sat out because he wasn't getting his worth. And guess what? He was never the same. So again, you can get as mad at the organization as you want, but I'll go back to my point I made before the break. It wasn't an organization failed to, to sign Josh Jacobs because your point, not mine, your point, they went out and spent a lot of money because you keep talking about how much cap space they had and they failed to sign Josh Jacobs. It has nothing to do with the cap space. They have the cap space to get him signed under the franchise tag. And if they had got the long-term deal done, guess what? That cap would have gone down. So they have plenty of cap space to get it done. So it has nothing to do with how much cap space they have. It has to do with the fact that the value of the running back position is not what it is or what it should be. We're not in disagreement with that. I think he's a key cog. Devontae Adams thinks he's a key cog. Max Crosby thinks he's a key cog. Hell, Max Crosby was in his damn car with him, trying to hope, waiting for that deal to get done. 
you're not in disagreement. Hell, the team knows how valuable he is. It's just they're not going to overextend themselves and give a fat contract to a running back. And then the minute that he doesn't live up to that, you'll be, and I say you, I mean anyone, will be on the text line saying, well, it's dumb. Why would you give money to a running back anyway? Why did you give money to Darren Waller? Why did you do this? You? I mean, that's what happens every time. It's not, it's not the organization thing. It's the whole, it's the whole perception of running backs, and that's why they have to do something. That's why we spent weeks on top of weeks on top of weeks talking to anybody who's anybody about what they could do. So we're not in disagreement. The only disagreement that we're having between me and you is that you keep bringing up the third amount of cap space and they fail to sign them. It's not that. The two sides fail to agree on the value of a running back. That's what happened. That was the failure. That's all I got. Coach McDaniels. Earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, matter of fact, much earlier today, he met with us before practice. One of the questions that I asked him was about Jimmy G because, well, Jimmy G is currently in camp. He's trying to get on the same page with his teammates. He had some rough days, right? Threw seven interceptions in two days. Wasn't good. People were starting to hit the panic button. Looked really good yesterday. So I asked him, hey, how you see, how, how's Jimmy doing? He looked like he was comfortable yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, I said the other day I'm not really, you know, uh, again, it, when it's your seventh day since November, you know, of last year, um, I don't really kind of look at it in, in, in that short of a window. You know, I think playing quarterbacks, a very difficult position to play and excel at. And, you know, and, and a lot of times, especially when you're with a bunch of new people in a new scheme, um, coming off of something that he's coming off of, I think that there's just a, there's a time element, you know, and there's no shortcut to it. So, um, I expect him to go out there and do his very best every day, which is what he does. Um, he learns from every period, good or bad, and I think he's got a great approach, a great attitude, great mindset, and I expect him to just continue to improve. And that's something that we all have to remember. I have to do the same thing. I sometimes forget that Jimmy's literally played in seven days, eight days of practice since, since what, what do you say, December? <laughs> Right, November, December, whatever the case may be, it's it's been a long time since he threw the ball around the yard, but you know he's doing it now, and that's why going back to the conversation we had with Vinny in the first hour of the show, Vinny pointed it out to me the other day at the indoor facility when on Wednesday, as a matter of fact, when he started, you know, when Jimmy started having a good day, he was like, "Q, think if he didn't come in on time, think if he didn't start training camp when everyone else started training camp. What if this was his first week?" think how far behind he would be. So I, I think that that's great that he was able to get to camp on time. Obviously, he never won him injured anyway, but he, was, he, you know, he wasn't where he needed to be. He got to camp on time, so at least now he's coming together. He's starting to you know, round into shape. So is he where he needs to be yet? No. He admitted today, hey, we missed, I missed some to Devontae. I missed a couple to Devontae. We gotta get, I got to get those right, right? He knows. He knows that there's plenty of room to grow. But what about the other quarterbacks? The young quarterbacks, Aiden O'Connell, Chase Garbers. Here's Coach McDaniels talking about how he gauges the progress with those young guys. Uh, I think just, you know, a young quarterback, again, this is his first opportunity to really start to play this position at this level, and it's, you know, it's difficult. And so um, there's so many things that go into having a good play, let alone a good practice, let alone a good week. Um, <clears throat> and he's learning that. So um, I, I'm – I, I couldn't be more um, impressed by his, you know, his consistency and his approach. He doesn't get 
you know, high, low, up, down. He doesn't really do any of that. You know, it's just kind of like this all the time, which is great. It's a great way to be for a young player, especially at this position. Um, he learns whether he does something well or there's a mistake. He learns from it, and he very rarely repeats an error, you know, which is, I'd, I'd say, a, a very critical element to improving at this position. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, I like what Aiden's doing, and again, every play isn't perfect, but uh, there's a lot of progress that he makes daily because of the way he approaches it. Josh McDaniels on Aiden O'Connell, a guy I think we'll see a lot of on Sunday. I really do. And that's something I look forward to. I want to see him going up against another team, and I want to go see him going up against another team consistently. Obviously, he's not going to be out there with Devontae and Jacoby and Hunter Renfro and, you know, the first-team offense. He won't be out there with those guys. But just to see him out there on the field for a, a, a long stretch of time, and I think that you'll see a lot of, of Aiden O'Connell. I think you'll see a lot of Chase Garbers on Sunday. Don't expect to see too much of anyone else. I don't expect to see any Jimmy Garoppolo. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, maybe one drive. For Brian Hoyer, I don't really think that there's too much to gain from having him out there for more than a drive or so. So uh, there you go. There's head coach Joshua Daniels talking about Aiden O'Connell. Again, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Ari, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Uh, another question that I asked head coach Joshua Daniels earlier today was about the opportunity for the offensive line. There's a competition battle, and I even sp- specified when I asked him the question, especially on the right side. Now, of course, he doesn't want to just focus in on the right side, but that's what I asked. Hey, how big of an opportunity is this you know, for, to see where your offensive line is in that competition at the right side of the, the line? I think our, you know, our, our whole group will get tested. There's no question. Um, you know, the one-on-ones will be interesting to see um, different, a little different style of play. Um, and they have obviously great players, you know, and they're really, really well coached. So um, this will be, this will be really uh, a great opportunity for us to learn a lot about those kind of things, see where we're at in terms of our fundamentals and techniques, our toughness, um, because there's no question that that'll be challenged. There you go, head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the offensive line. And that was something that I didn't get to really see a lot of today. Like, I'm going to be 100% transparent with you. I didn't get to see what the Raiders' offensive line, how they really looked, particularly that off that uh, right side today in joint practices. Again, a lot of the time when the Niners and uh, Raiders were out there, they were really in the middle of uh, middle field. But where we were in the stands, and, and me and Vinny were standing kind of at the, at the top of the, at the bleachers, we were able to see – it was easier to see, like, the skill position guys. It was, able, it was easier to see uh, the quarterback who was behind center and obviously how the play developed. But it wasn't as easy to see the offensive line how they did. So I think that that's something – if there's something I could do better for myself and for my ability to come back and tell you how the practice was, it's really focusing on the offensive line tomorrow. So I got my handy-dandy binoculars. Right, I bought them last year, 20 bucks. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll have to use those. Maybe I'll have to break those old bad boys out tomorrow to get a better look. You know, at least have them with me. I do have them in my backpack, as a matter of fact. So have them out there so I can, uh, you know, maybe focus in on the offensive line and see how they look. Because I do think that it's really important now that they're going up against someone else. I know Nick Bosa's not after, out there, but there's a lot of guys that can get after the, the quarterback. Javon Hargrave is one of them, right? They just brought him in from Philadelphia. Saw uh, our old friend Cleve Farrell, saw him out there as well. Uh, he's a little bit lower on the depth chart, but, you know, he was out there. Uh, there's plenty plenty of guys that can get after the quarterback on that, that 49ers defensive line. So that's something to, to pay attention to is where the Raiders' offensive line is. And so 
going to the joint practices with the conversation that we had with Coach McDaniels, uh, you know, did he want to see some guys step up? Here's Coach McDaniels talking about seeing some guys step up in practices. I mean, that's what we're out there for, you know. So um, <clears throat> I think both teams will compete, you know, and do it the right way. And, um, you know, I think our team is excited to have somebody else to compete against. You know, it gets – you know, they get a little tired of competing against the same guys who've seen the same plays or schemes or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I think we'll, you know, everybody will go out there with a great spirit and compete in every drill. And um, that's the whole goal is to try to do that and see how, how much we can improve in the next few days. These next two days, really important. Well, one more day. This, today was important, obviously, and tomorrow is going to be really important. Then the game will be played on Sunday. And there will be some some learning from that, but a lot's going to be learned uh, today and then tomorrow in the joint practices. The final soundbite from Coach McDaniels, then we'll take a break, come back, and get to a reason or excuse. Uh, Tyree Wilson, he's always going to be a question. You know, w- w- how close is he to coming back? And then, of course, you know, is there any updates on running back Josh Jacobs? Nothing um, <clears throat> nothing on J.J. different than what it's been. Um, Tyree is doing a great job of, of, his, of his program here, and I think we're getting close. Um, I'm not going to put a specific date on it, but – um, if we keep heading in the right direction, I don't think it'll be too much longer. So that's all you can hope for. Tyree Wilson heading in the right direction. Knew that he wasn't going to say anything about Josh Jacobs, but I respect Paul Gutierrez for asking the question about him. Like, hey, is there anything, any update, anything to know? No, nothing. Okay. And then he's not going to give a timeline. He's never going to give a timeline on anybody, anybody coming back from injury unless they're going to be out there that day. If they're going to be out there, he'll say, okay, yeah, he'll be fine. You'll see him out there today. If not, he's going to say, I'm not going to put a timeline, just like he did. So Tyree Wilson – if he continues to trend in the right direction, he'll be out there sooner rather than later. So maybe maybe we'll see him as early as next week, right? And then, again, maybe maybe won't see him until after the scrimmage with the Rams. Who knows? But it sounds like Tyree's getting a little bit closer to returning to action. So that was head coach Josh McDaniels. Uh, we don't have time, I don't think, to get to Jimmy G today, but that's okay. Uh, we got plenty of time to get sound in uh, whenever we want throughout the course of the show, the rest of today, and, of course, tomorrow as well. 4.42 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back. My man Ari's come up with some topics Reason or excuse, that's his time to shine. We're going to do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. Here we go, Q. All right, this is uh, this is an interesting one because it's not the first nor the last time anyone's ever talked about old NBA players uh, versus new NBA players. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a, this sounds like a Saturday morning right? barbershop <laughs> conversation. I'm all for it. Let, well, let's course. go. Yeah, okay, old school. Let's, uh... I'm all right with that. I'll own it, brother. I mean, I, I, the reason I picked this, it's interesting to me. It's, a, it's slightly just some of the points made here just are really – for reason or excuse, we'll just say. So uh, basically, Rick Barry, as we yep. all know, I saw an interview earlier today on Twitter. Uh, so he's going on and on about, he says, Wilt was not playing against, quote, plumbers. Um, he did talk about this, I agree with. The centers were different back then. But I don't agree with that. Now it's a different game, and they're not even guarding the post and things like that. So, I mean, yes, the centers are different, but it right. doesn't necessarily mean that this is not a good Hell, error. centers are shooting three-pointers now. Yeah, one could argue, like, that's not in your defense, Mr. Barry. So, he also spoke about agility coaches. He picked that specific thing and said, agility coaches? We had never had those. Uh, chartered flights, $8 per day per diems they had, which, once again, yeah, well, the it, 80s. I was about to say, a meal only costs a dollar. Right, yeah. You're, so, whatever. They're talking about renting cars instead of charter flights. But, okay. And how much quicker he would be, which doesn't even make any sense because speed is speed, right? If he had all these things, he'd be quicker. So, 
uh, the following, like, you know, the previous seven things I just listed. Reason or excuse why what I'll just say is NBA players would not survive in today's game from that era. You know, it's so funny that this conversation comes up all the time. This argument comes up all the time. I look at it like this. Do I think every player would translate from, you know, back then to now? No. Do I think every player that plays now would play well then? No. What I do think is this, and this is really the bottom line. If you were great, you could play. Greatness could play whenever. I don't care how great you were. Uh, If you were a great player, you know, like people always say, oh, this era is different and LeBron would be different if he played in MJ's era. No, he wouldn't. He'd still be LeBron freaking James. And, oh, MJ wouldn't be as good if he wasn't playing against John Stockton and playing against John Starks if he was playing against – no, he wouldn't. He'd still be Michael freaking Jordan. Kobe would still be Kobe Bean Bryant. Like, I mean, all these these greats, right? Magic Johnson would still be Magic Johnson, right? I mean, all, all the greats. If you were elite and you were great, you'd be able to play. It translates. Steph Curry, it would be a different style, but he would he could play, right? Matter of fact, they'd be shooting three-pointers a lot more back then. <laughs> but he could play. He's elite. Elite players could play. They could adapt. They could overcome. Just like my Spanish teacher, Mr. Cepeda, used to say. Adapt, improvise, and overcome. Bottom line. So, uh, Rick Barry, he was great. I think it's just, you know, grumpy old man. Basically, excuses on whatever the conversation is. Because, again, I think greatness is greatness. Like, I don't – you don't have to prove that you could play now. You were Rick freaking Barry. You were amazing. It's cool. Just be cool in where you're at. I like it. Yeah. And I don't know why these interviews keep happening. Like, I guess if it's like, hey, we can get Rick Barry on this podcast. But, like, right. what do we do? I think the question has been answered many, right. many times. And no one's ever going to agree, by the way. I know. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's my a, barber, like my barber, said, no joke. My barber D over at Indicut, he'll tell you all the time all oh, those guys that were playing back there were playing against trash cans. They were playing against plumbers. They were <laughs> plumbers. playing against. He don't like nobody that play, that's. Like any older than thirty. <laughs> is he the right? one? Is he the one that picked Earl Spence or Crawford though? No, 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 no. He wasn't there when we had ah, that. That was Will. Was Will gonna, picked Spence, and um, yeah, Ron Ron picked Crawford. Credibility there, but oh well. No, yeah, yeah. But that's a whole nother day. That's again, that's a good Saturday morning in the cut. Right. Shout out to him. There you go. Uh, we'll stick with the NBA, but the uh, current era. Gilbert Arenas does not like how Team USA picks its players and says it's partially that Nike exerts a lot of control over the makeup of the USA basketball rosters. Uh, and so Trey Young, I probably should have started with this part, Trey Young will not be on the team. Uh, he is an Adidas player. That's basically the argument. Because Trey Young is an Adidas player, he will not be on Team USA, partially picked by Nike. So is that an excuse or is a reason that he just no, that's doesn't a real reason. to be on the team? No, that's a, that's a real reason why he's not on the team because that's true. The shoe companies do run these things, which I think stinks. I hate it. I hate it in college basketball, right? Oh, that's an Adidas school or that's a Nike school or this. I hate all that. You know, it, it really shouldn't matter what school it is. It shouldn't matter uh, what what school or what uh, what shoe is being represented to pick Team USA. That's Team USA. I right. want the best of the best. I don't care if you don't wear shoes, right? I don't care if you're Mac Hollins and you run around with no shoes on. As long as you can play, man, if you're the best of the best, I want you out there. But the shoe companies, they invest so much money. I mean, you go back to the original Dream Team. Remember, MJ had the American flag hanging over his uh, over his jersey. So it didn't say, what was it, Adidas? Was it Adidas or Reebok? It was one of those. And because he's Nike, he had the American flag. Like, if you go back and look, you don't see the logo uh, of that shoe company on MJ because he had the flag draped over him, mm-hmm. over his shoulder, 
so you couldn't see it because that's how much weight those guys carry. And, look, they spend a lot of money. They invest a lot of money in these players, so I get protecting your investment. I just think it's, I think it's dumb that they carry that much weight when it comes to, like, picking a team. Now, do I think Trey Young should be on the team? I don't know. They listed his D. De- I mean, then they tried to make it more, you know, like objective and say, you know, what about his defense and some of the other inconsistencies? So I guess I'll kind of just cue that up once again. Is, would that just be reasons? Is he just not good enough regardless? Or I mean, I would I wouldn't look at Trey Young and be like, hey, I want him on Team USA. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you could probably pick a, a, a handful of better players. Uh, I like Trey Young, but I, I just think he's more of a I don't know. He's 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 good. I don't think he's great, but I do like him. I yeah. just don't. He's still young. I mean, he's still got some time too. To, I think to, to yeah. turn that that perspective. I around. liked him a lot at Oklahoma. Let's put it like that. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I liked him a lot more when he was in college than I do in the NBA. Big difference that. on that one, right? Right. All right. Give me. Hit me with one more. Uh, all right. Why not? Uh, let's see here. Well, I'll just knock this one out real quick. Jonathan Taylor, we're still talking about this, left the Colts training camp Tuesday to continue rehabbing his ankle injury off-site. And normally injured players are expected to be on the field for each workout. Uh, I don't know. Is that a reason or an excuse? Oh, no, it's it's a, it's an excuse to why he's not there. He's not there because he's pissed off about his contract, right? I mean, he, again, it's really strange that he's uh, rehabbing, I put that in, in air quotes, mm-hmm. his ankle off campus. I mean, that's especially during training camp time. This whole situation in India has been fumbled from the jump. So, yeah, no, it's an excuse that he's not there because he's doing that. And I don't know how this plays out. I'm surprised that the team has allowed him to do that. I don't know if the team really has allowed him to do that, but that's what they're doing. Uh, that's all excuses. He's not – I mean, he's probably rehabbing, but that's not the reason he's there. He's mess, He's mad because Jim Irsay put out on Twitter about the running back position. Again, not my narrative, even though some would believe it's my narrative. <laughs> Hell, Jim Irsay is talking about him. I have nothing to do with the owner of the, the Colts. He's talking about the value of running backs. So, again, going back to Hardcore Raider, me and the mainstream narrative, I haven't put the narrative out there. I don't give a rip about the narrative. It's just what it is. I, 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 can, I can see something and, and be honest about it. Yeah, there you, you know, go. Denial is what I won't be in. <laughs> there you go. That's the reason. Uh, with my 30 seconds left, today's National S'mores Day. Let's go and get you. Uh... Oh, I can't stand s'mores. Ah, oh, jeez, of course. Yeah, yeah you're I don't like sweets s'mores. guy. I don't like I'm s'mores, getting... and I don't like making them either. Making them sucks. I agree, but like, <laughs> I mean, and like the real way too. You don't have a fire just laying around, but no. But we used but to have man, a fire pit. We you're had tripping. a fire pit in Texas, and and the wife I remember one time uh, had we had friends over, and they're like, "Oh, let's make s'mores in the backyard." All it did is make a mess. <laughs> yeah, I was not a fan of it. But that's that. So we'll be back tomorrow, same time, 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock, here on Rare Nation Radio 920. Have a great evening.